Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. That is how I might begin this service if I were leading or officiating a funeral or a Thanksgiving or a celebration service. And in many ways, friends, that is exactly what we're doing this morning. Because just a little over one year ago, we experienced something that would be so far-reaching, so global, that it would become known as a pandemic. It would impact our lives in ways that a year ago we could not possibly have imagined. It would touch us all whilst leaving us all profoundly untouched. Our lives would be forever changed. So, dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to remember, to bring our grief, our loss, to God, to re-engage in the lost art of lament, and as we do so, to place our hope in this God in whom we can say, it is well with my soul. Grief, I think, is very much like a, a set of fingerprints. We all have them, but no two sets are the same. And I love this, one of my favorite quotes from the Reverend Emmanuel Larty, who says, I'm like all people, I'm like some people, and I'm like no one else. As we bring our collective grief, our losses to God this morning, the same is true for our grief. I'm like all people, I'm like some people, and I'm like no one else. I'm like all people in that all of us have experienced in the last year a global pandemic, haven't we? We've all experienced disruption and change to our normal, loss or losses, uncertainty about the future, a loss of community as we knew it, and for sure we've faced stress over the last 12 months. I'm like all people. But then I'm also like some people, and some of you will have these kind of experiences listed where some of you have lost a loved one in the last 12 months, some of you even more than one loved one. Some of you have lost the ability to grieve in community, and I know for a fact that many of you couldn't make it home for funerals last year, perhaps because of travel restrictions, you couldn't travel back home overseas. For some of you, funerals were interstate or even in Victoria, but numbers were so restricted that you couldn't be there present, and so we lost the ability to be together in our grief. For some of you, you lost a job or you lost financial security. For some of you, it was broken relationships because we were stuck in our homes in lockdown for such a long time that what was there pre-existing was just magnified even more over that time. For some, it was a, a delay of a milestone um, or a rite of passage, weddings delayed or celebrated with five or more people. For some of you, births um, were devoid of all of those firsts that we look forward to during a time of birth, introducing this new little baby to family and friends. Maybe that was something that was delayed for you. And for some, it was graduations done online or delayed. And then for some of you, it was isolation. 
isolation, a loss of physical touch, or perhaps if you were living alone. That was another sense of isolation. And I'm going to name this next one because perhaps it's a little bit taboo to say in church, but for some of you this morning, you might be experiencing even a loss of faith or a loss of hope. You don't know where God is in the midst of your loss. And I am like no one else. Your grief is unique to you, friends, because no one has experienced your loss in the same way, at the same time, and with the same circumstances as you. I'm like all people, I'm like some people, and I'm like no one else. The lost art of lament, it invites us to be real with ourselves and in the presence of God and with one another. It's being brave enough to say, I'm not okay. And I think that, you know, if we prayed the kind of prayers that we read in the lament psalms with the kind of rawness and grittiness, we would be probably most of us squirming in our seats a little bit to hear the kind of prayers of of Psalm 42 like we heard from Pastor Jeff earlier. (laughs) The how long, O Lord, the why, God, the you've forgotten me, God kind of prayers. But you know what? Biblical lament requires of us, I think, three things. One, that we face our past. Two, that we reconcile our present, and three, that we find hope for the future. And this morning, just for the next few minutes, I'm going to share with you some real ways in which we can learn from the scriptures those three different aspects of our grief. And then later in the service, we're going to engage in some community rituals so that we move from just thinking to doing and responding with our hearts. I think you'd be hard-pressed to find these three aspects of lament as well expressed as they are in Psalm 42. Psalm 42 was written, we are told, by the sons of Korah, the descendants of the the Korah clan. And these were the the choir leaders, the, the temple musicians whose core business it was to lead temple, uh, temple worship, to bring the people of God into the presence of God and to lead them in worship. But how does a temple musician lead praise and worship when they've been exiled from Jerusalem and the location of God's temple? How does a worship leader lead worship when they're no longer in the, the tangible manifest presence of God? Well, that is the context of Psalm 42. This is BC, before Christ, before the Holy Spirit had been given to indwell all of us as believers. And so how did the people of God enter God's presence? They entered the temple. They went to Jerusalem. What was the one thing that God's people couldn't do in exile? Enter the temple. They could not experience the manifest, tangible presence of God. And so the worship leaders, they were struggling, and they wrote this psalm. Psalm 42 is for anyone who is grieving, anyone who is struggling to find God. 
It's the heart song of the displaced, those without a home. It's the heart song of the despondent, those who have lost their sense of purpose. It's the heart song of the depressed, those who've lost heart. And whilst you might struggle to see the connection between a 21st century Victorian who's experienced lockdown and maybe not been able to attend church for several months, you might struggle to find the connection between that and an exiled Israelite who's not able to enter the temple. Let's do a bit of a self-assessment for a moment and ask ourselves some of these questions. During the last year, did you experience, and you don't have to put up your hand, this is just a mental checklist, but did you experience loss of your place of community? Longing for corporate worship? Loss of a job? Feeling forgotten by God? Feeling stuck, whether it's physically, emotionally, or spiritually? Feeling disconnected with either God or with others? Or have you asked when, where, and why questions? If you've answered yes to any of those points, I would suggest that you have much more in common with an exiled Israelite, with one of the sons of Korah, than you might think. And so for the next few minutes, friends, I'm going to share with you some of the ways in which we can actually engage with our past, reconcile with our present, and find hope for the future. First, facing our past. There's no lament without loss, right? And the writers of Psalm 42, they do what all of us do when we face loss. They cry, they reminisce about the good old days, and they ask lots of questions. You can see the outpouring of emotion just in this next verse. In verse 3 of Psalm 42, day and night I have only tears for food. This is the language of grief, <laughs> tears. But then we also hear this reminiscence in verse 4 where we read, my heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. I walked among the crowds of worshippers leading a great procession to the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks amid the sound of a great celebration. How many of you last year longed for the days when you could come together en masse and be part of a service like what we're in right now? How many of you said, oh, how long, O oh Lord? In the next... Um, little section in verse 2, we, we read some of the questions of the psalmists. They say, when can I go and stand before him? And in verse 5, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? How many of us ask questions in our grief? Sometimes questions that don't actually have an answer. So this morning, a couple of questions for you. In your own experience of loss, have you faced your past? And have you allowed the tears, the memories, the questions to emerge that need to in order for you to begin to grieve, to truly lament? As we hold that space, 
we want to actually move into what it means to reconcile our present. And that the temptation of grief is always to stay in the past, right? I've heard grief described like a, um, a one-way mirror where you can see out, you can see the world passing by on the other side, but it's impossible to see in. And so you feel stuck in your own grief, aware only of it, whilst you're looking through this one-way mirror and seeing a world that seems to be blithely unaware of what you're experiencing. True lament requires us to reconcile what's on both sides of that one-way mirror. It requires us to reconcile our experience with who God is by choosing prayer and praise. And you can hear the writers of Psalm 42 doing the hard work of reconciliation. In verse 6, we read, Now I am deeply discouraged, but I will remember you, even from Mount Hermon, the source of the Jordan, and from the land of Mount Mizar. These worship leaders, they're not denying their loss. They're saying, here's where we are. We're miles from home. We're miles from the place where we could enter into God's presence. But I will remember you. And it's almost as though with each verse, there's this double-sided coin of lament and praise, lament and praise. In verse 7, I hear the tumult of the raging seas as your, fa- as your waves and t- surging tides sweep over me. How many of you in your grief have often described it as, it's like waves washing over me. But then in verse 8, but each day... The Lord pours his unfailing love upon me, and through each night I sing his songs, praying to God who gives me life. Whilst your experience might be telling you that God has forgotten you, our faith rises up and says, Oh God, my rock. And I suspect, in fact, I would go so far as to say I know that there are some of you this morning who will be stuck in your grief. And if that is you, I want you to know that you're not alone. For me, in my own personal experience, I was born into a family that was grieving. My dad had been widowed from his first marriage, my mum coming out of a, a broken marriage, and both of them together, and, and numerous other losses that aren't my story to tell. It was into that context that I was born, born into a family with grief. And I did what many of us do when we have grief in our life. I held on tightly to that which I had for that which I had lost was great. How many of us are doing that? We're stuck, holding on tightly to what we have. And for me, as a young adult, discovering who Jesus was, it was perhaps the first fruits of a newfound faith that enabled me to to live lightly, to kind of let go, to be able to not hold so tightly to routine or to people or to stuff as what I had. And I wonder for some of you who are stuck, you're longing to experience that kind of lightness, that kind of travelling lightly experience that comes from reconciling who God is with our experience. So let me ask you a couple of questions. In your own experience of loss, have you reconciled your present? Have you continually released your losses to God and 
and held to him with faith. As you consider that, the, the third aspect of our lament, our grief, our loss, is finding hope for the future. And Psalm 43 is actually like part two of Psalm 42. And it's here where we find the psalmists turning with hope toward the future. Every longing in the heart of God's people is to experience his presence again. It's about returning home. It's almost like the psalmist is, is homesick for God. <laughs> I actually quite am intrigued by that thought that I might be homesick to come back to God. And perhaps that's some of you this morning. And we read in verses 3 and 4 of Psalm 43, Send out your light and your truth. Let them guide me. Let them lead me to your holy mountain, to the place where you live. There I will go to the altar of God. To God, the source of all my joy, I will praise you with my harp, O God, my God. Can you notice here the progression that's happening in these couple of verses? You can, it's almost like the psalmist is making concentric circles in his imagination as he zeroes in on God, starting with the holy mountain. We know throughout the scriptures the mountain is where we would go to climb the mountain and experience God's presence. And then a little bit closer to the place where you live, the temple. And then a little bit closer to the altar of God, and then a little bit closer to God, the source of joy. This is what the psalmists are dreaming of. This is what they're looking forward to. This is the hope for the future. It's like a child counting down the hours till Christmas Day, imagining what it's going to be like to wake up on Christmas morning and, and open presents under the Christmas tree and celebrate with family. The psalmist so longs for the presence of God. He's homesick for God. He can't wait to be back leading worship again. The lost art of lament, it reminds us and invites us to come home to God, to know that even if we felt distant, there will be a time again where we feel connected. And for those of us who are Jesus followers, the lost art of lament, finding hope for the future, is a reminder that whilst we have a time here on earth where we see in part, there will come a time in heaven where we will see completely, where we will come face to face with God and we'll be reunited with our loved ones. Until then, we, we don't just wait passively, but we wait actively. We stir up our faith and our hope for the future. And we invite God into our here and now. So friends, in your own experience of loss, have you found hope for the future? Are you seeking intimacy with God here and now while you wait for your heavenly reunion? Well, I've talked through just a few different aspects of our lament. And in a moment, we're going to physically enact these three different aspects. We're going to bring our individual and our collective grief to God. 
And so thank you for those of you who sent in photos of loved ones that you've lost over the last year. In a moment, we're going to see a photo presentation of those. And I invite you as we uh, watch that together, just to call to mind the memories that you may have with some of those individuals that are known perhaps to more of us, or to honour who that person was and what they meant to someone who is part of our church family. As we watch that presentation, you'll be invited if you've brought something that is meaningful to you, a symbol, perhaps a photo or an item that represents your loss over the last year, this is the time to actually bring your grief to God. And so we've got a table down the front here where you can actually bring that item and lay it down as though you're bringing it into the presence of God. There's nothing special or magical about the front of the auditorium that's different to the back, but I think there is something special about moving and about participating in, in a collective community activity like this. And as we do that, I want you to imagine you're doing just what we, we read in Psalm 43 and, and Psalm 42. You're actually zoning in on the presence of God. You're getting closer and closer. So... In a moment, we'll watch that, and as we do, as we watch this photo presentation and bring our symbols to God, I want you to be thinking about when did God meet you in the last year? It might have been in your own private prayer, in lockdown, when there was no one but you and God. It might have been through an Uber Eats delivery from someone who remembered you when you needed to be remembered. It might have been a special scripture that spoke to you. It might have been a divine encounter or something profoundly ordinary. But we're going to have a little bit of an open mic in a moment just to hear some of those stories of how God met you within the last year. So be thinking about that as we enter into this time of bringing our grief. Let's do that now.
Let's light these candles as a symbol of us bringing our grief into the light of God's presence. Hopefully the light will work. It was working just before. <laughs> Maybe we can get some matches from the kitchen. <laughs> Thanks, Deb. We will do that in just a moment, but as we do, this is now a time of actually moving into the light of God's presence. Thanks, Deb. See, see how you can go. Um, we've just seen these, these beautiful faces of those loved ones that we've lost, and, and we remember and we honour them together. And now, as we've faced our past, we're actually reconciling our present, and we're inviting you to share with us how God has met with you in the midst of your experience. And so I'm just going to grab one of these roving mics, just give you a moment, and when you're ready, just pop up your hand and we'll come and hear perhaps how God met you in a significant way over the last year. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> Good on you, Rhiannon. Someone's got to start us off. <laughs> Thank you. beautiful with grief mingled with new life hey yeah thanks Rhiannon and congratulations to you both that's a such wonderful news don't be shy guys I'm sure there's more stories of how God has met us in the last year you're gonna get me running aren't you <laughs> Through my experience, mm. I lost my mum. Yeah. This is one of my nightmares. Like I keep my faith. Mm. I keep his promise to me. and closer to him and what I feel now he is my close friend mm. what I can express what I'm feeling <laughs> I don't 
thank God, and I bless the Lord. Thank you, Lee May. I want to say that tears are okay in this place. <laughs> this is a place where we can come as we are before God, and it's just beautiful, Lee May, that you can say just a little over a week after your mum passed away that God is your closest friend. Thank you, Lee May. Others would like to share how God met them in the midst of this last year. Dave. My good friend, Matthew McGinty, um, meeting with him as he went through his cancer journey and just seeing how how God was ever present with him, that he had no fear, mm. that he, uh, he trusted, uh, was just such a wonderful example mm. of dying well and with Jesus. <laughs> um, mm. It was a constant reminder to me of God's presence with someone. Mm. <laughs> Matty lived well and he died well, <laughs> yeah pointing to Jesus the whole way through. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Mm. We've got time for one or two more, and even if you want to turn your sharing into a prayer, that could be a meaningful way as well for us to invite our grief into the presence of God. Sunday school teacher and leader and who teach me the Bible when I was young and his name was Sammy like my name and it really hurt me and it was actually the most affected thing happened during the COVID-19 and he died because of Corona. It hurts me but it teach me a lesson that how to continue living the life to leave a good heritage to the people after you to remember everything you've done in your life. There's nothing will will be remembered more than you serve in the Lord in your life. And that's what I've been told. But there was crying and tears because of the loss of him. But uh, the excitement that he finished his race was just overwhelming me as well. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Catherine. Thanks, Sammy. Mm -hmm. Final call. 
times when I was really struggling as a person, um, learning of other people who had had um, close family members or um, loved ones die. It was just so comforting to know that I had a family, my immediate family, and I had the church family that I could call on. And it wasn't um, uncommon for me to text somebody or to say, hey, can we just pray together, even if it had to be over the phone or over Zoom. So that, in a sense, all throughout COVID was such a comfort to know that there was a wider church family that was readily available at um, any time of the day and night. Thanks, Cheryl. I think that's so true. And in some ways, that is how God meets us in the midst of our grief is through one another. Thank you for sharing that. And that's exactly what we're going to do right now is we're going to enter a time of worship. And that's going to be an opportunity. Some of you have been so brave to share with us your loved ones on screen, to share some of your stories with us now in person about your loss and about how God has met you. But I know that there are some of you here this morning who are so longing to experience the presence of God again, longing to to come back into the temple, so to speak, to be close to God. And so if you want a fresh touch from God this morning, you might want to just move forward from your seats. Not that there's anything special about the front of the auditorium here, but just to, to make a movement to do a step of faith. So if you want to come and gather down the front to come as you are into God's presence, you're welcome to do that. If you want to come and receive prayer for whatever it might be, whether it's to do with a a loss that you've experienced or anything at all, um, you're welcome to either come to the side of the auditorium here and there'll be people available to pray with you and for you. Thank you so much, church family, for sharing. Lament is not easy. It makes us uncomfortable, doesn't it? It makes us squirm a bit in our seats. That's what the lament psalms do. But it is so necessary and so important. I'd love it just if we could throw that last slide up on the screen. Thanks, Jaden. Which is, if these two psalms, Psalm 42 and 43, were a song, this verse would be the chorus, the refrain that keeps playing over and over again. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my saviour and my God. A more literal translation of that last little line is that there is salvation when you look in the face of God. God needs only look at you for us to be transformed completely. God needs only to shine the light of his countenance upon us for us to be transformed in his presence and to find hope. So that's exactly what we're going to do now as we worship. I invite you to do that. Thank you, friends.